Hi, welcome to Harrison's Pod Class, where we discuss important concepts in internal medicine. I'm Kathy Handy. And I'm Charlie Weiner, and we're coming to you from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Welcome to Harrison's Pod Class. Today is episode four, a 16-year-old woman with hypokalemia. I will read the question. A 16-year-old star female gymnast presents to your office complaining of fatigue, diffuse weakness, and muscle cramps. She has no previous medical history and denies tobacco, alcohol, or illicit drug use. There is no significant family history. Examination shows a thin female with a normal blood pressure. Body mass index, or BMI, is 18 kilograms per meter squared. Her oral examination shows poor dentition. Muscle tone is normal, and the neurologic exam is normal also. Her potassium is 2.7 milliequivalents per liter. Kathy, what are your initial thoughts? The main points that I take away from this case presentation so far are that the patient is a young 16-year-old. She's a highly competitive athlete, too, and that can be associated with physical or emotional stressors that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise find in 16-year-olds. The important points from the exam are that she has poor dentition and a low BMI, so to me that suggests that she might have an eating disorder or excessive vomiting. You told me that she has hypokalemia, but I would really want to also know the rest of the labs, especially the renal function and acid-base status. Okay, the additional laboratory studies show that her hematocrit is 38.5%, her creatinine is 0.6 milligrams per deciliter, and she has a serum bicarbonate of 30 milliequivalents per liter. The rest of the serum electrolytes are normal. The question then asks, further evaluation should include which of the following? Option A is a plasma renin and aldosterone levels. Option B is a serum magnesium level. Option C is a urinalysis and urine culture. Option D is a urine toxicology screen for diuretics. And option E is a urine toxicology screen for opiates. So, Kathy, looking at those answer choices, what strikes you and what do you want to do next? Well, based on the labs you mentioned, she's not anemic and she has normal renal function. She has profound hypokalemia and an elevated serum bicarbonate level. So she has hypokalemia and a metabolic alkalosis. And we also heard that she doesn't have any other significant lab abnormalities. So in general, when I hear about hypokalemia and metabolic alkalosis together, the main things that I'm thinking about are diuretics or vomiting. Vomiting is not in any of the answer choices, but diuretics is listed there. And someone who has the warning signs that we heard about above, like the poor dentition and the low BMI, I would be most concerned about surreptitious diuretic use. So therefore, I'd go with option D to check the urine toxicology screen for diuretics. Okay, that sounds good. What are some other causes of hypokalemia and metabolic alkalosis, though? So like I mentioned before, vomiting is definitely high on the list. Low magnesium is something that I think about, too, because in that case, the sodium-potassium ATPase is inhibited. You also need to remember when you're treating patients with low magnesium is that you have to replace the magnesium in addition to the potassium. That would be a reasonable choice in this case, but really not before excluding diuretic use. The other things I think about are Little syndrome, which is an autosomal dominant disorder. In that case, someone would present with severe hypertension and hypokalemia. Plasma, renin, and aldosterone would be helpful. And the other thing, too, is Barter syndrome, which usually presents with polyuria, polydipsia, and nocturia. Again, plasma, renin, and aldosterone would be helpful. In this case, it would be high. In Little syndrome, it would be undetectable. So the plasma, aldosterone, and retin studies would be useful in when you suspect kind of one of the more uncommon genetic causes of hypokalemia and metabolic alkalosis, right? That's right. But 
the case presentation doesn't match either of those syndromes. So those would be very low on the list here. Let's just round out the other answers that were not helpful in this case. A urine culture would not help you distinguish hypokalemia and metabolic alkalosis. And more important, in this case, there are no symptoms to suggest a UTI. Additionally, while you could suspect opioid use in a patient such as this, opioids typically do not cause hypokalemia and a metabolic alkalosis, so neither of those would have been helpful in that case either. So the differential diagnosis of hypokalemia and a metabolic alkalosis includes the use of diuretics and common causes of vomiting, which in this case could have included bulimia. It also includes hypomagnesemia and some less common genetic causes of hypokalemia. To learn more about potassium disorders and hypokalemia, you can read more in Harrison's chapter on disorders in kidney and the urinary tract. Thank you. This is Jim Shanahan, publisher at McGraw-Hill. Harrison's podcast is brought to you by McGraw-Hill's Access Medicine, the online medical resource that delivers the latest trusted content from the best minds in medicine. Go to accessmedicine.com to learn more.